Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. What's happening when your prayer life is dry? When God just doesn't seem close to you in prayer? When you don't really enjoy doing spiritual things like you used to? Maybe you've had those thoughts before where you're, you're saying to yourself, I, I used to love going to pray and I remember getting so much out of it. I remember going to the Adoration Chapel or being in a, a prayer group and, and, and now doing prayer is, is like a chore. It's just, it's just hard. I don't get as much out of it anymore. It doesn't, doesn't feel like God is close. My prayer life seems so dry. It seems so arid. Is it worth me going to pray anymore? If you've ever had those thoughts, I just want to encourage you. I want you to know that you're not alone, that this is what happens in the life of almost all faithful Christians who really love Jesus, who are committed to pray. They pray every day, and then eventually they reach a time when the prayer gets hard, it gets difficult, it gets dry. And there's different seasons in someone's prayer life where that may happen. But sometimes it, it, it's a more poignant darkness that someone is going through, a real painful emptiness in prayer. Why does that happen? I, I don't want us to think of it as God is moving away. He's turning away from a soul. That's what a soul going through this kind of darkness made me worried about. It may be more about God drawing closer to that soul, inviting you to something different, to something new, to something much, much deeper. What's happening when a soul feels that dryness and feels that darkness in their spiritual life? What is God doing in that? And, and how are we supposed to respond? That's what we're going to take a look at in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sri, and uh, I want to welcome, of course, any new listeners joining us for the first time. And I want to give a shout out to the Christians in Orlando, the great Catholic leaders in Orlando. I was just recently at the Orlando Legatus event. I don't know if you're familiar with the wonderful organization Legatus at many cities around the United States uh, where there are business leaders, great leaders in the church that come together uh, and and they, they share life together, prayer together, but also how can they give their gifts in leadership, in business, in serving the church in greater ways. So let's pray for all those in Legatus around the country, around the world, uh, but especially those uh, in Orlando where I was just visiting and giving a giving a talk there. But I want to go back to this topic here about what's happening when a soul goes through that kind of darkness. And again, there's different seasons where this is going to happen in someone's spiritual life, but sometimes it's a little more acute. It's a little more intense. Uh, and I'm going to draw from some wonderful insights from the great Carmelite mystic from Spain, the great St. John of the Cross. And we talked about John of the Cross last time, and I want to review a couple key points from John of the Cross's spirituality briefly here. Um, so just give me 60 seconds to unpack what we did last time. Uh, and then we're going to move forward to look at uh, an, another key point from him uh, that sheds a lot of light on the darkness we go through. But first of all, we talked last week, we were looking at that practice of self-denial, why Jesus says, deny yourself and uh, why is it that we have these practices of mortification, fasting, sacrifice, and all that in our Catholic tradition? Uh, it's because John of the Cross reminds us that we have these deep caverns in our soul, these infinite desires that only God can fill. So the desires for money, for wealth, for possessions, for pleasure, for comfort, for status, for praise, those desires aren't necessarily bad, but but they become a, a serious problem 
when they distract us from our deepest desires. That's the problem, he says, is that our hands are already full. Remember, we looked at that image last time. God can't fill us with his love if we have too many things in our hands, if we're clinging on to certain plans for ourselves, clinging on to our own will, clinging on to wanting to be liked all the time or wanting to be right all the time and always having our way and getting more stuff. If, if our hands are full, we're, we're giving into our desires all the time, then there's no space for God. We're not, we're not realizing those deep, infinite desires that we have, which are for God alone. So that's why much of the spiritual life is all about making space. That's what we talked about last time. So we say this is what the practices of asceticism, of self-denial are all about, saying no to lesser things in this world so that we can, our hearts can say yes to God. That's why we practice self-denial, make sacrifices. We're training our will to not be so attached to the comforts and pleasures and, and praises of this world so that our heart could receive Jesus more. And I use that image of imagine Jesus right before you wanting to give you his heart, but your hands were too full. You were clinging on to all these things of this world. How sad that would be. We want to welcome Jesus, right? So that's what we looked at last time. But there's a next significant step in the spirituality of John of the Cross and his wisdom, what he offers us. It's very important here. He highlights that we can't purify ourselves enough on our own. In other words, this whole work of self-denial, we need to do it. We need to build in those daily practices of, of denying ourselves little things and fasting and sacrifices and giving in to other people's preferences and all that. We need, we need to do that, but we can't purify ourselves. No matter how hard we try, no matter how much self-denial and fasting we try to do, it's not going to be enough. Because our weakness, our woundedness because of original sin is so deep. Our attachments to the things of this world are so strong that we can't let go completely of those things we're so attached to. We're attached to wanting other people to like us. We're attached to a certain vision I have for my life. I have to have this thing. We're so attached to these things that no matter how much I practice self-denial, I still end up clinging to my own will. My, my disease is so, is so rampant in my soul. <laughs> my, my woundedness in my soul is so deep. We need God to intervene. This is what John of the Cross says. Listen, I'm, I'm going to give you this quote from John of the Cross. He says, no matter how much individuals do through their own efforts, their efforts in self-denial, they cannot actively purify themselves enough to be disposed in the least degree for the divine union of the perfection of love. In other words, the profound union God wants to have. God is, is all total self-giving. So John of the Cross uses the image of the loving inflow of God. God just wants to flow into us. But his flow isn't just like a tiny little drip, drip, drip. No, no, it's, it's like a tsunami coming at us of total infinite love. But if our hands are full and we're clinging to all these other things, we can't receive that amazing love. And so God, he says, he goes on in this quote, God must take over and purge them. So in other words, we have to practice self-denial. We have to create that space as much as we can. But in the end, our wounds are so deep. Our attachments are so strong. God has to step in in a profound way. And he's going to have to do some deep surgery in our souls. Now, surgery, my father was a surgeon. Surgery is a good thing, right? If, if you need surgery, we're grateful for surgeons. And they could set that bone and, you know, you know, so that you, you don't have a bone sticking out and you're going to 
you know, wobble for the rest of your life. You know, you, they can actually reset the bone. Isn't a wonderful thing. Or they can go in and remove the cancerous cells. So we're grateful for surgery. But surgery is invasive. Surgery hurts. You know, most people, when they have surgery, they, they have to have anesthesia, right? You go under so you don't feel the pain. So surgery is a really good thing, but it hurts. <laughs> it's painful. And when God is going to go after the diseases in our soul, the brokenness in our soul, he's going to go after the wounds in our soul, those ways that we, are, we give into our superficial desires too much and we, we, don't, we don't live at the level of our deepest desires, which are for God, that, that's a deep spiritual wound in us. When he performs that, that surgery, it's going to hurt that spiritual surgery in our souls. So God is going to take over. He's going to intervene to try to create more space. But as, as the divine physician presses in to perform his spiritual surgery, it, it's going to hurt. So this is what God's doing. He, he will sometimes use dryness in prayer. He will sometimes use trials in life, suffering, darkness. He'll use that as part of his spiritual medicine. Let me let me give an example. So, so when we feel that we go to prayer and it's not working, and it might be because we're not trying hard enough or we're not consistent enough and we need to work on that, right? But sometimes there's just faithful souls. They really love the Lord. They're committed every day to prayer and it gets really dark and they feel God is far, far away. It might be not that he's far, far away, but that the divine physician is very close to you maybe uncomfortably close, <laughs> painfully close. He's applying the steel to your soul right now. Uh, and, and, and that's going to hurt. So God can use darkness in prayer. He removes the sense of feeling close to him because he wants to do something in our soul, a deeper thing to fill us with his love more. Maybe use the sufferings in life to teach us something. So darkness in prayer, trials in life, he can use to teach us to cry out to him more. You know, when we, when we experience that darkness, we, we, we miss God. We tell him, Lord, I miss you. I, I, I remember feeling so close to you. Where are you, Lord? And in that very process of crying out to him, we're remembering how much we love him, how much we need him, how much we desire him. That, that, that very act is, is reminding us of, of, of the deepest desires in our souls. So we cry out to God, where are you, God? You know, it's like that expression, absence makes the heart grow fonder. When God is, in a sense, absent, he's not really absent. He's always there. The feelings of, of his closeness are absent. But we experience that absence. We cry out to God and, and, and it reminds us of our heart's deepest desire for him. That's a good thing. When we experience these, these trials in prayer or trials in life, we, we learn to, to have to rely on God more. We have to surrender to him more. We open up our hearts, our hands more to him. We put less trust in the things of the world for our security and our identity because it's just not working. I, I have all this money or I have all of these successes or I have all of these praises and recognitions and I have all of these possessions and, and, and all these things and it, it, and it doesn't fill me. And when we experience this deep darkness in our prayer lives, it's God maybe using that to teach us to rely on him more. John of the Cross uses the image of a mother weaning a child, you know, a mother is nursing the child, giving the mother's milk. And the child loves the milk. It's sweet, tastes great. But then eventually as the child grows and matures, the mom has to no longer give the milk because it's not that the milk is bad, but for the next phase of the child's development, it's good that the child starts to learn how to eat solid food. 
So similarly, God, John the Cross says, may take away various consolations from this world in order to give us better food. So he takes away consolations, joys that we have from certain relationships. Maybe he may, all of a sudden we notice our relationships are strained with a roommate, with a friend, with a family member. He takes away certain comforts from our lives. He takes away certain successes. We're used to being successful and achieving and being responsible. Now we're failing, we're dropping the ball, we're not as noticed. And, and it's teaching us to not rely on those things. There's nothing wrong with success, nothing wrong with certain relationships, but to not rely on those things and rely on him more. God even uses spiritual consolations. He may take those away from us in prayer where he's taking away the feeling of being close to him so that he can give us something deeper his very self. You see, we were made not for consolations in prayer. We were made not for a feeling of closeness to God in prayer. We were made for God. And God wants to give us himself. He doesn't want us to rely on the feelings. He doesn't want us to rely on the insights we get from prayer. He doesn't want us to rely on the gifts he gives us. He wants to give us himself. It's the giver. The giver is the true gift. Jesus is the true gift in prayer. So many times he'll withdraw those consolations, those enjoyments of prayer, those feelings of closeness with him in prayer. He'll he'll remove those for a time so that we cry out to him more, so that we encounter him more. So think about this. Think think about what, what, what do we do in these moments when we're struggling in life, struggling in our spiritual life, struggling in prayer? You know, these sufferings, they're all out there. There's suffering in this world. All of us are going to have our share in suffering because it's a fallen world. Sin has brought suffering into this world. So we're all going to experience suffering. Some might experience more than others. But the key is always to try to see what's God trying to teach us through these trials, through these difficulties in prayer and the spiritual life or just trials in life itself. One of the things God is teaching us to do in these moments is to surrender more. You know, when we experience, let's use sufferings in life. I've just in the last few months, I've talked to people who've battled cancer, for example, and and they've described how, you know, when they just weren't sure what was going to happen, would they survive? You know, they did all they could. They did all the research, did all the treatments they could, but they were describing how they, they had reached a point when, they did everything they could in their end, but in the end, they just had to surrender. To surrender to the fact that they have this, surrender their life into God's hands. What will happen in the future, they don't know. But, but they experienced a great joy. I remember this man, just you could tell this, this deeper peace that he had because he was describing how he was a man of faith before, but it brought him to so much deeper faith that he, he really saw that it really taught him to make God, the true foundation for his life. You know, we can all say, oh yeah, God's the foundation for my life. God's number one. But man, when you go through a suffering like that, you have to come to that at a much deeper level. So when we go through sufferings in life, we learn to surrender. Or, you know, it could be maybe not something as serious as cancer, but something still painful. Maybe it's a certain situation in the workplace with your boss. You have a strained relationship with your boss. You're worried about what your boss thinks of you. Are you going to be demoted? Are you going to lose your job? What's going to happen? And, you know, Maybe it's a strained relationship with one of your children and you keep trying your best to love the child, but they have free will and they can do what they want. And, and, and you just have to surrender. This is just the way it is. You can't change it. And 
when we experience those sufferings, God can use that, that darkness in life to teach us to surrender and rely more on him. Same thing with the sufferings in prayer, which is what we're talking about today. That spiritual darkness, when we just don't feel close to God in prayer, we can't change it. We try, we try to change it no matter how hard we try in prayer, no matter what method I use in prayer, no matter where I pray, I pray at this place. I tried to pray in this chapel. I tried to pray over here and it just, nothing's working. I, I try a different book, a different resource, a, a different method. Uh, nothing is, is working. I can't change this darkness I'm experiencing. The only thing I can do is surrender to it, to name it, to accept it, to embrace it. And all this is hard, but if we're really faithful, I want to be clear, sometimes people are just lazy. They're not trying in prayer. Or they're not praying consistently. And that's why they don't feel they're getting much out of prayer. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the person that's really trying. They may get a priority and they experience this dryness. The, this painful process of you know, doing everything can and nothing's working, it could be because God's just trying to teach you you're not in control. You know that in your head but he's trying to teach it at a deeper level. You are not in control. He's teaching you to, to trust him more, to trust him at a deeper level, to trust that he really is there, that it's hard, but he's coming as, as the divine physician and he's doing deeper work in you. Maybe he's teaching you to be more receptive in the spiritual life. You're used to kind of journaling a lot maybe or using the method of Lexio Divina and opening up the scriptures and you have your plan and you have your petitions and you have this all this order and structure and he's, he's inviting you just to set that aside and enter into the unknown, to enter into just being quiet with him and resting in his presence. St. John of the Cross says that this is what happens with many souls when they go through this this dryness, this extended intense period of dryness, suffering and prayer, it's actually God inviting them to a deeper prayer life. The beginning stages of contemplation where we just rest in the presence of God and we receive his love. It's hard because the soul doesn't know what that is. I don't know what this looks like. I don't know how to do this. It's uncomfortable. I don't feel like I'm doing anything. I feel like I'm being lazy. I feel like I'm not accomplishing anything in prayer. But that's the whole point. God doesn't want you to accomplish anything in your prayer maybe. Maybe now he just wants you to receive his love, to rest in his presence. And that's uncomfortable because they're not used to praying that way. You know, the other thing God is doing in this period when we go through this kind of spiritual darkness is he's purifying our desires. Because when we experience these sufferings in life, when we experience this intense spiritual suffering, this dryness, this aridity, this darkness in prayer, it's it's God's way of doing that deeper spiritual surgery because our hands that had been so clinging to things, we start to just give up. <laughs> we just start to surrender more. We open up our hands more. And when we're, we're feeling that acute absence of God, not that God is absent. John of the Cross is very clear that, that he's there, he's present. It's just the feelings of his closeness have been have been withdrawn for a while. And in, and in that moment, we, we cry out to God and, and we want to seek him. And we, we realize that the thing I was clinging to, I, I, I needed this recognition or I need to be liked by this group of people or I need to have this relationship or I need to have this thing. Whatever. We start to feel like those, those things aren't satisfying. They're not, they're not filling my desires. <laughs> 
And God uses those sufferings in our life and the sufferings in our, our spiritual life to get us to open our hands more, not to cling to those things that will never fulfill, they will never satisfy, we'll never find our true identity there, our true security there. And so when we start to not rely on those things as much anymore, because they're just not working, they're not, they're not fulfilling us, they're not making us happy, and we don't feel like we're thriving with them anymore, <laughs> our hands are just more open to receive God himself. So when we go through these moments, we should, a couple words of advice. First of all, persevere. Always persevere in prayer. Never give up on prayer. I think that's the great temptation. That's what the devil wants us to do is to think, God's not close. You're not getting anything out of this. You stink at prayer. Just stop praying. <laughs> it's not worth it anymore. That's the devil. Keep, keep showing up, even if you feel like you're, you're, there's nothing happening. So keep persevering because the act of the will, the simple act of the will of going to pray each day is itself an act of love. That's what real love is, right? In many relationships we have, like you think about with little kids, when you have a, you know, when you have a little infant, you just have to keep getting up every night. You have to keep changing the diapers. You have to keep burping the baby, feeding the baby, all those things. It's just, you, it's an act of the will. I mean, it's great love, I'm sure, driving there. But many times when you're exhausted and you just feel like you have nothing left to give, it's an act of the will. That's love. Love is to will the good of the other. And so when I go to prayer each day, even though I feel like I don't get anything out of it, I'm still showing God, but I, I'm here. I love you. I'm coming. It's an act of the will. That act of the will is actually more meritorious. You know, when, when we feel like we're just not getting anything out of prayer, we feel the darkness. That, that's more glorious to the angels and the saints and to God himself than those moments when we have those great spiritual delights. I'm on retreat and this is awesome. I love praying. No, no, no. Yeah, that's great. And God loves that too. But, but it's more beautiful. It's a greater act of love when you show up and you continue to persevere in prayer, when you're in the darkness, when you feel God isn't close. So persevere. Second thing is trust. Trust that God is really there. He's really with you. He's closer to you now. Trust that he's doing these things. He's doing that spiritual surgery. He's helping you be less attached to the things of this world. He's helping you be less attached to the consolations, even in prayer. Uh, he's doing that deep spiritual surgery so that you'll be, there'll be more space in your soul for him. And then thirdly, be open to praying in a new way. Don't cling to those certain methods and a certain structure, a certain plan that you've, that's worked for you in the past. If it's not working, move on. But, but it'll be uncomfortable because you might be invited to pray in a new way, a more passive way of maybe more resting in his presence. St. John the Cross says that this is what God often does to bring a soul into deeper contemplation. So never be discouraged. Never think God's abandoning you. He's there. He's closer than he's ever been before, perhaps. So this is just some wonderful wisdom from a great saint in our Catholic tradition, St. John the Cross. Uh, we're going to continue looking at other spiritual themes next time. So stay tuned. And again, if you have any questions, we're talking about deep stuff here, uh, but feel free to reach out to me. On, uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can also reach me on my website, edwardsfree.com. That's edwardsri.com. God bless. God bless.